Good morning, everybody. As you guys make your way back to your seats, man, how many of you feel the presence of God in this place this morning? Amen. How many of you enjoyed last Sunday? How many of you were here and enjoyed last Sunday? Yes. How many of you feel like you experienced fullness for the first time? Oh, it was the second time? (laughs) Experienced fullness, period. Okay. Awesome. So if you've noticed, this house is going after presents. We have been pressing into presents because we recognize how important it is that we can't operate without it. And Pastor Sean talked last Sunday, and he's been talking about culture, and Pastor has come along behind, and so I'm just bringing in the next part of it. This is the message, being full. We are designed to be full of the Spirit. We're designed to be full of something. What are you full of? Somebody said, shh, don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them what I'm full of. We, um, so as we talk about presence, we all, we've also talked about culture. And, and it's because um, what you tend to think about, oh, the Holy Spirit, and it's also called the Holy Ghost. And you're like, hmm, that's getting what the pastor called like a little spooky. And we try to get away of scaring people with all this spiritual, you know, weird stuff. And so the, the, the culture of the church, unfortunately, has promoted um, an, a, a Christ-like life that's not really Christ-like because we are asking people to live an impossible life without the presence and the fullness of the Spirit. So think about, this is where I, I was thinking about culture, and I'm like, you know, we, we tend to not even recognize the culture we're in because we were born into it, and it's just what's normal. I'll see sometimes, you know, some uh, the comments, like, on social media from other countries and how they view America, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, to me, the English having no seasoning on their food is really weird. <laughs> how do you not put salt on anything? Oh, I'm sorry if I insulted any English people, but... My, my in-laws are from New England, and my mother-in-law made me a piece of chicken one time. She was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I ate it, and I loved it because she made it with her heart, but God bless her. Um, and so you just don't think about um, the, the different cultures that, that there are because you just were born into it, and it's a conditioning of this is just what's normal. Um, I shared at prayer the culture of my family it was a little mixed. My mom is a redheaded Pentecostal country girl. And my dad, <laughs> she has a friend in service today. Um, and, and my dad is from royalty in Iran, Muslim, very respectable, and, you know, all about appearances. Why he married my mom, I, I don't know. But anyway, so the culture of my family is a little mixed. But one of the things that we got, we pulled from my dad's culture was that they didn't really have tables and chairs when, and growing up in Iran. The way that they came together with a family meal 
is they put down um, a, a thing called a sofre, and they would get all the pots of food and put it out, and everybody would sit around, and they just pass out the food. It's like a, a picnic in the floor. And um, so every now and then, my dad would pull out the sofre when we were growing up. I liked it. I don't know. We were just doing something different. We felt closer as a family when we did that. Well, then I get married, and um, my daughter wants to eat on the floor. And so I'm like, okay. And so I grab a placemat and put her, and my husband comes in, and um, he immediately like, what are you, an animal? Get off the floor. Go sit at the table. What's wrong with you? I'm like, how dare you call my family animals? We had marriage counseling after that. <clears throat> so well, we had some interesting discussion about culture. Like, my family grew up, like, that's normal. So think about uh, how we as a church have cultivated a, a culture absent of the spirit, and that's just normal. We don't even know that what, how we're operating. So we talk about operating in the fullness. We don't even know how because we don't know what that looks like. It's never been the way that we walk. So the world culture bleeds into church culture. We know that. Worldly culture says a few things. It says, what I think is true is true regardless of reality. Would y'all agree with that? Do you ever do that? This is, I'm, I'm just walking my truth. I'm living my truth, y'all. Okay, you do you, boo. Go and get it, girl. Live your truth. No. What I feel is valid regardless of the facts. If I feel a certain way, that's what's true, and it doesn't matter what you say. I received it, I felt it, and that's all that matters. And if what I'm saying and doing feels good to me, I'm entitled to do it, and you're mandated to accept it, or you're a hateful bigot. Ooh, y'all are quiet. <laughs> That's a world's culture. And I gotta tell you, creating a culture around the Savior is completely opposite. If Jesus is the focus of your world and you're creating a culture that center around, centers around the cross, then what you think is going to be irrelevant unless God's word says that it's true. What you feel is a lie. without the presence of the Spirit. And if it makes your sin nature, your flesh, in other words, we talk about flesh, we're talking about the sin nature, that part of us that wants to feel justified, have it our way, make things easy, I'm right, you're wrong. Okay, that flesh nature of us that rebels, if it makes that part of you feel good, you're operating the Spirit of the Antichrist. Now, when I say that, I want to point out that the Antichrist is not eschatological, the, the guy in the revelation, the idea, the apocalypse, whatever. If it's the spirit of Antichrist, it's, it's not Christ-like, okay? 
So if I'm making my flesh feel good, I automatically know I'm not in the presence of the Spirit, and I'm operating anti what Christ would say and do. Okay? So we, I've talked about this before. Feeling good. What I feel, right, is important. And so I come to church to feel good. And if you don't make me feel good, I'm fine. I'm going to a different church. If you don't pat me on the head, you don't make me feel good about my life, if you don't have all the right programs that make me feel good, I'm just going to find somewhere else. And, and, and our culture feeds that idea that I'm entitled to feel good. So let's take a look at the cross. Jesus hung there with a purpose, with your name on his lips, setting you free, and in that moment, obliterating any idea that he died so that you could feel good. He asked us to pick up our cross and follow him. And all that means is that cross is our flesh that we have to kill daily in order to follow him. It's not a burden of, yeah, I had somebody, I heard somebody say recently they were depressed and like, oh, this is just my cross to bear. Well, glory, hallelujah, I want that God. <laughs> you're, you follow Jesus, I want that God. I want to bear that cross. Does that sound like freedom to you? We don't bear crosses of burden that we walk in depression and anxiety and frustration and stress and illness. That's not what he died for. But he did say, hey, all that stuff you struggle with, it's real. Pick it up and follow me. I've got a plan. So, so talking about culture now. Jesus is totally counter-cultural. And we got to get out of our comfort zone in order to follow him. So, so how do we do this? So we, we have to recognize, talking about the Holy Spirit being full, we have to recognize the, the realness and power of the Holy Spirit. Like we know that is necessary. Do we agree? All right. Let's check in. Let's check in. Y'all on board here. So if we recognize that we must have the power of the Holy Spirit, there's another real truth that we need to recognize. If we're not operating in freedom, if we're not operating as, why is that? Right? There's a, there's, we got to recognize also the power of the enemy. Except he doesn't really have any. He literally doesn't have, so the scripture says Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Did he lie? So we see him still at work. How is he still working? He steals your authority. He steals your power. In the absence of identity of you recognizing the power and authority Christ gave you when he imparted that from the cross through the Holy Spirit, Satan comes in. He usurps that. He sits on the throne of your mind and convinces you you're something you're not. And he does his dirty work through you. So he actually has none. 
So in the culture we live in, there's a few um, spirits that we see operating. So we see entitled mindsets. We've talked about that. We've seen justified offense, right? I'm canceling you. I don't like you. I'm going to get on all the social media and tell you, I don't like what you said. You're canceled. Y'all cancel anybody? I've tried to cancel my husband a few times, but it didn't work. Manipulation, self-promotion, self-protection. Here's a big one. Identity confusion, deceit. Okay, so all these things are operating, and yet we as believers are supposed to be able to have the authority for this not to be operating. So what are y'all doing? (laughs) What are we doing? Are you feeling entitled to anything? Have you ever felt entitled to an apology? God bless that they owe me. I'm not even going to talk to them until they apologize. Feeling justified in your offense of anything? I got to tell you, I'm justified a lot of times I get offended. I'm just saying. I'm a good person. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Maybe you're believing something about yourself that God never said. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know God said I'm supposed to go and and pray for so-and-so, but that's just not me. I don't do that kind of thing. That was, that was, I, I'm not, I am terrible at going up. I'm going to be honest. God prayed for you. It was the Holy Spirit because I'm not good at that. I'm always like, but God, really? <laughs> Somebody else who's like, really? Prayer, just all about it. They can do it. Oh. So I want you to recognize something. If you are offended about anything right now, if you're believing a lie, If you feel justified, if you feel entitled to anything, that's a demonic spirit. We're only operating one of two ways. We're operating in the Holy Spirit or you operate in the demonic spirit. There's only one of two things. And that's not how God operates for it. You're with the Father of lies. So we actually have the authority when you recognize that. I want you to actually, if you want to pause for a second. I want you to think. I'm asking you. You may not actually be thinking about it. So I want you to think. Actually, take out your phone or a paper if you got some. I want you to think about something you might be believing or feeling that's not from God. I want you to really think about it. I'm going to give you a second. Get it in your mind. If you have something to put it on, like, I want you to get a visual of it. I want it to sink into your head for a second. So we're going to do something. You got it? Feeling it? Okay, we have the authority to tell that lie or that feeling that's not from God, no. And it has to leave. And we've, I've been putting this into practice. My sister called me, and she had, she, was a, she had just had surgery, and she was like, hey, I might have to go to the hospital. Like, my catheter's not working, and I don't want to have. And I'm like, you know what? And I'm on the phone, and I said, look, right now, 
I want you to put your hand on your stomach. Right now, I declare healing in Jesus' name. That bladder going to come into alignment. Satan, you don't have no power over that body. You're healed in Jesus' name. Now, she tells me later on in the day, she's like, hey, I went and did it again. She's like, that prayer you prayed, I did it again. I'm good. I don't have to go to the hospital. All right, so we have the authority. So we've been putting this into practice. You can say, no, you have the authority to speak to that devil and tell him to go, and they have to. In Jesus' name, they, have, they hear that name of authority. It's not because you said it. This is Jesus in you telling them to go. They have to listen. So there was a, there's a song. Have any of you guys uh, know Megan Trainer? A few. Okay. Probably like the older people. Like, I don't know who that is. Well, she sings this song. It's called No. And Liam, <laughs> Liam's getting all nervous. Y'all, I make up songs all the time for everything under the sun. And I'll take somebody else's song and steal it, and I'll change the words. I've made songs for, like, all my kids. And y'all, Liam's in here. I can embarrass him, y'all. I'm going to sing his song. <laughs> No, I'm going to tell you the truth. He told me I could sing it if I paid him $30. He said, Mom, you can sing my song if you pay me. Oh, there's a little boy named Liam Wine. He loves his pacifier and he's gassy all the time. Okay, that, that's all I'll say. I won't sing the rest. That, that's worth $5, Liam. All right. <laughs> He loves me. It's okay. Um, but I make up songs. And so this Megan Trainer song says, uh, have y'all heard the song? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? My name is no. My, right? My sign is no. My answer is no. Mm, you need to let it go. Now, here's what she's talking about. She's in a bar with her friends, and the guys are coming up to her. She's like, mm, I think it's so cute. I think it's so sweet. How your little friends encourage you to try to talk to me. Okay, but we're going to talk to the spirit. Okay, we're going to talk to the spirit today. So here's what I changed it to. Devil comes up to you. He's told you this lie that you just wrote down, this feeling that ain't from God. This is what you're going to say. My answer is no. My faith says no. My spirit says no. Mm, you need to let it go. Need to let it go. Nod to the odd, to the no, no, no. All God's people, listen up. If that devil ain't giving up, draw your sword and say the word. All you got to say is no. All right. I got you geared up. Okay. All right. Got that word down. That's the first word we learn. God. All right. So now that we understand what we're up against and we have the authority to say no, and they got, the demons, they got to listen. What are we doing this for? Okay. Why? Why is it such a big deal? So Jesus gave us a word, commandment, a mandate. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. All right. So that's why. Because you ain't going to do that 
without the Holy Spirit. Okay, you are not this, this, I want you to notice an important word here. Go. Go. Okay, don't really go right now. We'll finish. Then go. Okay, so you are not set free to come sit your fanny on a church chair and wait to be bottle fed every Sunday. That's not the mandate. You are designed to be connected in relationship to go. So, the authority that we have, is Jesus. so he said here, all authority has been given to me. This is what Jesus said. But then he's telling them to go. All authority has been given to me. Now you go. Hey, but Jesus, I'm not, I'm not you. Okay, Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 6. It says that God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus. So through baptism, so if you haven't been baptized, we got a baptism ready for you. Through baptism, water and fire, Holy Spirit, we're united with Christ in burial and resurrection. We receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the seal into sonship. We become into ownership. We are adopted. We now carry his name. You, he calls you Jesus. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. So you carry that same authority. So that means when Jesus said, I have it, now you go, that now, now you, you, you are the new Jesus. You go. Do exactly what I've been doing. What did Jesus do? He didn't sit in his house just listening to preachers on YouTube and doing devotionals and feeling super spiritual about it while everyone else and his disciples went out and did all the things. So he says, now you go, baptize, and teach. So I know for me, uh, that was never something I was interested in. So I'm, I'm preaching at myself. Um. We have an ignite class here that, that we host um, during different seasons of the year, and it's to help equip you into into hearing. And one of the things that you go after is baptism. And I remember the first time I went through it, it's kind of spotty, and I, I didn't show up to all of them. I loved it, but then they told me like, "Okay, we're gonna do baptism." I was like, "I'm out." I didn't tell anybody that. I just kind of was like, "Oh." couldn't make it sorry I'm so sorry I'm I'm so sad I missed it next time next time I I had to like lead some of it so I didn't (laughs) actually in the meantime I ended up baptizing some of my family so it was pretty awesome I was ready for it the next time but yeah I I had the idea like that's not like only the holy man like I've got to grab pastor or an elder like me I don't sound right. No. Uh, nowhere in that scripture did I hear that there was a certain criteria that you needed 
other than having the authority of Christ to go, baptize, and teach. Didn't say you had to be a, theolog a theological, like Bible college graduate to teach. I'm not. I'm pretty ignorant of a lot of things. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, super eloquent. Like people don't, I love when you speak. Such Jesus. I write better than I speak, I feel like. So I'm really trying not to just read all what I wrote here. Um, so, yeah, nowhere in the scripture. Now, here's the other thing. Okay. It didn't sound like he said, you know, if you feel like it, you might want to consider going out. You know, just, I mean, if you feel like it. And maybe while you're out there, you can maybe think about baptizing. I mean, if, if they're ready, you can kind of think about it. I, no, 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 no. Look, when I say go to my kids, I mean go. <laughs> and I'm not ready to be questioned, like, hey, go do those dishes. All right, Mom, I guess, you know, if I feel like it. Liam, right, all right. <laughs> you don't get to ask me. No. So he's got a mandate. Now look, look here. If God's created this world with his words and he, and he decided, let there be. And then there was. And then let there be. And then there was. And let there. And then, but then when it comes to us, he's like, go. And you're like, well. Wow. The arrogance we have. Jesus said, Go. Yes, sir. I don't even know where I'm going, but I better, I better, I don't even know, but I'm going to go, Jesus. You said go. Let me grab my, let me grab my second. I'm going. <laughs> I better go if he said go. So, uh, so look, we need the spirit to do this. This isn't something we can do on our own. All right. So being filled. How many of you, if y'all can be honest, this would be cool. How many of you feel like being filled means, you know, if I just said be filled right now, that you would just start talking in tongues? Like that's your idea. Nobody's going to be honest. Or maybe y'all just all of y'all have been downloaded with the truth. We've been doing a good job. They don't believe that lie. High five. Nobody believes that lie in here, Pastor. All right. So that's not necessarily what we're, we don't want to seek tongues. That comes. That comes. And we shouldn't be scared of it. That'll come. But you immediately have so associated speaking in tongues with being filled. And that's just weird to you. So you reject it. Some people don't really have a clue what it means. And they think they're filled, and they're not. And so earlier, when I started, I asked you, do you feel the Spirit? And then I asked you if you feel like you got full. So some people don't recognize feeling his presence is not the same as being full of him. And so they're just okay with where they're at because they think they're already filled. Now, some people know they're not filled, and they're just like, eh, don't need it. Okay, here's what I want to tell you. You're all wrong. 
if you think any of that. Tongues is not weird. It's awesome. Okay? It's not weird. And when you finally let yourself speak that heavenly language, man, my, I think I've talked about this before. My grandma, she doesn't speak good English. And I had such a sweet relationship with her. God bless her. I didn't know the heck that woman was ever saying. And there's a few things that she could say. I love you. Grandma, love you. So I would say it back to her. I love you, Grandma. That's about it now. But we could just spend time in each other's presence and enjoy each other. Didn't know what we say. I could just imagine the relationship we'd have if we could speak each other's language. Something to consider. So, um, <clears throat> by the way, her language felt weird on my tongue, and it was hard for me to speak. But the few words that I did know, I said with confidence. And the same thing with her, because I wanted her to know how much I love her. So I learned how to say it in her language. And I said, just sit to them, Grandma. And that was powerful. So heavenly language, ain't nothing weird about it. And uh, so if you are feeling like, okay, well, then maybe I don't know if I'm filled. Because I'm feeling it, but I'm not filled. We're going to talk about that. But, but here's the thing. So... Jesus has called us to, to live impossibly. We think about how Jesus lived his life, and we're called. He, he didn't come here and do all these things just because he's Jesus and he could. And it was just, hey, this is what I'm going to do right now. He came here to give us an example. Everything he did was an example of what he was calling us into. Everything. All the way to dying and resurrecting. Yeah, we're called to that too. All the way there. So when you think about that, it's like, I can't, I can't do that. You're right. <laughs> you can't. Jesus had to go so his spirit could come. And we take on his name and go and do what he did and say what he said. Something I learned recently and I really thought about. Um, Jesus, after he, was, he died and was resurrected, he didn't himself perform any more miracles. He didn't heal anybody. He didn't cast out any more demons. Why is that? Can you be hazard again? He didn't because he was a resurrected body, and the plan was, I'm out, Holy Spirit in, now you go. That he needs the vessel. He comes and makes us his house, and when we say yes, he's like, now I can move. Now I can go through you. And so we get all wrapped up in our own ability and saying, well, I can't. How? 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 He's not even worried about telling you how. That's not your concern. You're just saying yes. 
and you submit. There's a, y'all know John Bevere? I'm, I've been listening to John Bevere. He's so funny. But he, ga- he gave you a good example that I just, it, I really, it really clicked with me, had me laughing. So if you are, imagine a, a soldier in the U.S. Army is out on the battlefield, and he's, the enemy starts coming after him, and the guns go in the bombs, and he's like, oh, dear God, call the President of the United States, Mr. President, oh my God, you won't believe the enemy is shooting at me, I need you to come help me. <laughs> what, what do you think the President of the United States would say? yourself together. What do you think you were trained for? You've been equipped and trained to deal with this enemy. Get off the phone and stop asking me to do your job. He has given the president of the United States given authority to our military to act on this country's behalf to fight the enemy. So why do we cower? Oh, Jesus, I need you to get a hold of this devil that's on my life. Help me. I've done it. I've really, I'm just, this is me. (laughs) I was so ambassador yesterday. His brother said something to me one time. Well, not to me, but to the room. I got mad. I was like, how dare you say that? Went home. I'm like, you know, if that's true, God, I need a scripture right now. I'm going to open this Bible up. Bless God. I need a scripture. It said, fear the Lord. (laughs) I got mad. I threw that Bible. I was like, I'm an atheist. By the way, it was just my husband's Bible and I tore <laughs> He came home. Well, babe, could you had not have torn up your own Bible? <laughs> I'm sorry, but could you have used your own? Anyway, so what was I even saying here? Oh, yes. Um, so, yes, the authority that we have, we shouldn't be cow. How is that freedom? God has given you the same authority. He, he was not, when did Jesus cower? When did Jesus, now he did go cry in the garden, but he was not cowering. Okay. He wasn't hiding. He was getting alone to connect with the source. You feel like cowering? That's where you go. So, living impossibly. That's what we're called to. Uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, uh, there is this command that says be filled right here. And But he also uses a comparison of being drunk online. Anybody ever been drunk? I'm not afraid to raise my hand. Look, all y'all were teenagers. Stop lying. Oh, pastor. No, he never did nothing, y'all. <laughs> he was a good old boy. <laughs> He never did nothing. No, but okay, so I've been drunk. 
All right. So think about when you're drunk. What, you know, uh, for me, like, I'll just get silly. I mean, okay, y'all, I'm already silly, I know. But even more, if you can imagine, like, ridiculous. But I will say things and do things in extreme goofiness that I do reserve myself to some extent when I'm in control of my faculties. Uh, well, maybe not with my kids. They get they get drunk me all the time. Uh, <laughs> Holy Spirit drunk me where I'm just like, whoa, yeah. So, so the metaphor of being drunk, the, the properties of the wine in your drunkenness have taken control and you act in ways that you normally wouldn't. Is that fair to say? I'll agree with that. Okay. So likewise, being filled with the Spirit allows the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you to do things that you cannot do in the natural. So if you've ever said, I surrender all. I want to know you more. Just come take me over. All right, sis, you ready to speak in tongues? Oh, no, 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 not that, though. I don't want that. Um, I would dare to say you're still resisting being filled. So remember in that, um, there's also that scripture uh, that says that when a person believes the gospel, they're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so... I didn't write down what there was, but trust me, it's in there. I've talked about it. Go look at my other sermons. I get the scriptures there, I promise. So it talks about how you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So at the time that you believe, you said, yes, God, I'm a, I, I need you. Come to your temple, getting baptized, all the things. All of the promised Holy Spirit has come. God didn't withhold any of it. Okay, you, you've received but here's the difference between those two scriptures, commanding to be filled, but also acknowledging you've received the spirit. Okay, you've received all of the spirit upon believing, being filled is letting the spirit have all of you. Okay, and we will resist that. And that's a process recognizing where we have withheld parts of us from God that we don't want to let him into. So when we, when we say we surrender, and I want you to really think about this. Are you surrendering all? If, if the Holy Spirit prompted you right now to come up here, and it was really the Holy Spirit, remember, you can be full of something. Just make sure it's the right thing. The Holy Spirit told you to come up here and, and just roll across the floor in front of all these people, and you know it was him, are you going to be like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. And say no to the Holy Spirit. It's, it, I'm going to tell you, now God's never going to do anything that's just absurd for the sake of being absurd. Okay, So I'm using that as an example, but he's not going to call you to do anything that's out of order. He's not going to call you to do anything absurd just to embarrass you. But if he did ask you and compel you and pull on you to do something that's out of your nature, even if it's simply raising a hand during worship as you feel that mode of 
wanting, and it, and it's a physical representation of surrender, right? And sometimes people struggle with that, and and sometimes people struggle with singing the words and and it, pulling yourself out of that comfort zone you've been in. You recognize coming from your belly like the spirit is pulling on you, and you're going to say no. You're you're living a segmented life of this is what I'll give to you, God, but this you can't have. You're not taking all authority, and the part that you're holding back is the part Satan's got all his hands all in. So... I will, I will also suggest to you that if you are starting to recognize where maybe you've done that and you feel a struggle in your life, well, maybe look at what you're hanging on to that you haven't submitted to God. And maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's relationship. It, it could be anything. So one of the things I want us to, to remember as we're talking about this, and, and Pastor and uh, Dwayne and Pastor Sean have, have talked about it, is we've used the language, you know, to get saved. And, we've, and I, you know, I always have, so I know many of you probably have, that was saved to go to heaven. I'll save my eternity is set. I'm going to heaven. All right. All right. I'm done. And then I go through my life um, getting mad at a pastor and throwing my Bible, going through depression, going through bouts of suicidal ideations, going through bouts of addiction, going through bouts of self-loathing, to the point that I used my body for validation. Going through bouts of abusing the people around me verbally because I hated myself and I lashed out at them with critical and hurtful words. But I'm saved. That's not what God calls saved. That, that's not what saved looks like. We aren't saved to go to heaven. We're saved so heaven can come to us. You're not, your victory, amen, your victory is not your arrival at heaven's gate. Your victory is heaven's arrival in you. And that is the power that we have to walk as Jesus, his son, in, in that authority, in that mantle to say yes to the spirit, and no to the enemy. Amen. All right. So I got three, three steps, three simple steps for $9.99 today. Call in now. I'll give you 10% off. All right. Three, <laughs> three things I want you to ask yourself every day. And these, these three points came, they seem so simple it's, it's simple, stupid. Tiff said that the other day, and I was like, you know it is. I feel stupid that these points came to me in a dream from the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, I, but this is, 
This is not deep revelation, just saying. But it's so simple, it's stupid, but we need to know. So number one, I want you to ask yourself, what is my focus today? Okay, we're going after being filled. We're talking about presence. One of the things that's going to knock you off track of being full is taking your focus off the one who fills you. It's simple, stupid. (laughs) Is he in front of you or is he trailing along behind while you do your own thing? And it's easy. Look, I'm telling you. I'm battling with it. Last night, I'm coming in like I had amazing dinner and fellowship with some beautiful people and it was getting late and I had no worries. I'm like, it's all good. I got my plan. I'll be in bed by such and such. I'll get get a good seven hours of sleep. I'm good. No worries. Get home and my uh, daughter was there with the grandbaby dropping off my other daughter and the grandbabies. Me, 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 me. I'm hungry. Me, 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 me. My leg hurts. Me, 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 me. Can I draw? Me, me, me. And I was like, oh, dear God. Uh, Here, take all the cheese. Take all, here, you want grapes? Have all the grapes. Okay, Mimi's going to go take a shower. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay, I'm so on track. Just got to get these people out of my house. Okay, so I don't take a shower and I come out. They're all still there. I come out, me, 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 me. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get ticked off. I got to preach tomorrow. Y'all ain't honoring the word that's for the <laughs> How dare y'all mess with my spirituality right now? And I was like, oh, Jesus, I need to check myself. <laughs> I was talking about being full. I ain't full right now because I was getting mad. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going gonna, gonna to get ready. I'm like, okay, Phoenix, you know, go do this, y'all. Y'all, and let me just go tell them. And I was like, no, I better not say anything. I'm still not full. <laughs> I'm not full. That's not going to be Jesus coming out of my mouth. But anyway, so what, what, what did my focus shift to in that moment? It was about what I needed, and I was going to give them, you know, what I thought about this whole thing. I don't even know. Don't just pray for me. Anyway, so what is my focus today? And what is my focus in every moment that I, I in, in all the mundane, right, of life, the work, the, the chores, the, the errands, right? We tend to lose focus in the busyness. But what is your focus? Uh, if he's always in front of me and it doesn't matter, I'm filtering everything through the lens of Christ and asking in every moment, spirit, come, he'll come in your focus. Number two, what is coming out of my mouth. All right. Philippians 4 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Is that the kind of stuff that's coming out of your mouth? True, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good, excellent, worthy of praise. That's what should be coming out of your mouth. Oh God, quiet. 
So maybe some of y'all are actually complaining instead of worshiping with all of that good stuff. Maybe you're saying, dang, gone it, it's hot outside. I can't even water my grass. It's dying. I paid all that. Oh, this is me, by the way. Oh, my grass is dying. I'm going to pay all that money to lay it out there. Lord have mercy. It's just too dang hot. Good God Almighty. My husband's getting on my dang nerves. I got to repeat everything 50 times because he's part deaf. Lord, can you just heal him already? I love you, babe. <laughs> Put up with me. It's so good. All right. So, but look, this is what I, this is what I have come to understand. When I'm complaining, the way that I feel, like, in my spirit, it is so opposite. It's the same and then opposite of when I'm worshiping in spirit and in truth, all the good and awesome things of God. So what I've discovered is that complaining is to Satan what worship is to Jesus. Are you complaining and worshiping the devil? Are you feeling the need to vent about all the things that are bothering you to the point that it did, did you just put it on somebody else? It didn't solve your problem. That's, that's worship of the devil, just so you know. You thought, well, that worship the devil. I'm not, you know, uh, sacrificing a goat and dancing naked in the middle of the forest. No, you're just complaining. It's the same thing. Just saying. So, <clears throat> in other words, our words have power. And look, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same power that created the universe that said, let there be dwells in you. And so when you are having words come out of your mouth that don't line up, you have let the enemy steal your power. When you are saying what God is saying, you're emptying yourself of you. You're emptying that vessel of the flesh and the spirit gets to come in. That's being filled. When it feels like justified, like I need to tell you. I need to tell you what I think about this. I'm going to tell you how your behavior is affecting me. Shut up. That's what God says to me. That's all I'm just saying. So I want to give you an example. Y'all have had the practice of saying no. Jesus commanded a spirit in Mark chapter 1, 22. Spirit was there. Jesus is in the temple. He's doing his thing. And the spirit comes in, starts sp speaking through this man. And he's like, Jesus, you know, what's going, what are you doing here? Jesus basically tells him, shut up and get out of that guy. He didn't waste no time. He didn't go travail in prayer to the Father like, oh, Lord, this man is full of a demon. What should I do? He, he knew his authority right then and there. He said, get out. So my answer is no. My faith says no. My spirit says no. Satan, you need to let me go. What is going into your heart? That's number three. What is going into your heart? 
What are you doing every day of the week? What are you feeding your spirit with? Is it the nonsense of, you know, CNN and Fox News and whatever? I don't care. They're all stupid to me. Uh, if one of us is in your favorite, like, I'm sorry. Not, not sorry. They're all dumb. I don't need you to tell me what to think. I got a direct line to the creator. He'll tell me what I need to know. You're not voting yourself into being filled. Just saying. Not telling you not to vote. But what's going into your heart? Are you on a Sunday diet? Are you here this morning saying amen, glory to God, and then you're going to go out to lunch and get mad at the server and not tip them, and then Monday you're going to get mad at your kids, and you're going to start yelling, and then Tuesday you're going to get mad at your husband and think about divorce, and then what? what are you doing after Sunday? You starving, you went on a fast, a spiritual fast, wait till Sunday to, to eat again? So it doesn't work. So ask yourself those questions every day. I have to ask myself these questions. What is your focus? What's coming out of my mouth? What's going into my heart? Everybody stand to their feet. I gotta tell y'all something. Oh God. <laughs> Look. There's one key. One key. There's one word if you left here and you didn't hear anything else that I said. One thing. You want to be filled. You want to operate in this power that we're talking about. Because you're going to go out and you're going to cast out demons. And you're going to go out and you're going to heal somebody. And you're going to go out and you're going to heal somebody from addiction. And you're going to go out and you are going to free people. You're designed to. If you're not doing it, you're, there's something broken and God is waiting for you to say, Yes, God, no devil. One word. Culture don't like it. We need it. Submit. Submit. You know what it looks like? It's uncomfortable. You know what it looks like? Having to tell that flesh, shut up. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of the flesh stealing the victory that God already said is mine. It's mine. He gave it to me. He died so I could have it. Where is it? In submission. Look. This. I'm submitting to you right now. This is submission. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it's silly. God, I need you. God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm relentless in going after. There is nothing, nothing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what people have to say. I said, God, I 
don't have time to tell the story, but I want to mention to you real quick, Elijah. Go find the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. There was a drought, and he wanted to pray for rain. You know what he did? He got down on his knees, and he travailed in prayer. God, send rain. Send rain, God. You know what? And then he sent his servant out, and he said, okay, go look, see if there's rain. Servant goes out, there's no rain. Come back. Okay. God, I'm down on my knees again. Okay, servant, go look. All right, seven times, seven times he prayed. Seven times the servant went out. Seven times he was relentless. God, I don't care if there's no cloud right now. Pray again. I know what you said. I know what the truth is. Rain is coming. 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 Rain is coming! Rain is coming! Guess what? Number seven. Number seven. A cloud the size of a man's hand. Size of a man's hand. And Elijah, hey, that ain't enough to kill a drought. But he says, hey, go get ready. Rain's coming. Rain's coming. Rain's coming. Rain's coming. Victory's coming. Healing is coming. is coming freedom is coming and you have the authority to take it and say no Satan I know what God said to me you guys these altars are open I encourage you there is something about making a move if you are after God this morning if you are hungry for God this morning there is prayer there is anointing in this building and our prayer warriors are here to pray with you make your way up here as God has moved on your heart you move towards him in Jesus name guess if you need to go you are dismissed but we are going to spend some time relentlessly hungering and going after what God has said we are relentlessly going after the freedom that God has said belongs to us and it is available for you today you need baptism we're going to dunk you in the water right now you need the Holy Spirit you're going to be filled right now it is yours rain is coming <laughs>